Thank you for listening to this message from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. Hey, glad you guys are here. So much fun being here. And uh, we've, we've been talking, we took a break last week when Sean was here. We've been talking about money, but we took a break. And we're going to wrap it up this week. And when it comes to money, there's, there's a couple different ways that, that we, we look at money. Some goals, I guess, is the better way to put it. Different goals that different people have. But I'd say the majority of people that, that you and I would know, that we would run into and wherever we go, gas station, shopping, at Costco, what you're going to run into, is that their financial goal would be something kind of like this, is to, to work hard to, for however they get there, but would be irrelevant, but their goal would be to have enough that they wouldn't need to work anymore. It's, I want to invest here, we're going to do this, we're going to start this company, we're going to get it to this point, and I'm going to sell the company, or it's going to be self-supporting, or I'll hire someone to do this, and it will support me here. It's to get to the point where we say, you know what, I have enough, it's coming in, I can see where it's coming in, or it's sitting over here, and it's feeding me, I have enough to sit back and to do what I want to do, to take it easy, to go where I want to go, do the things I want to do. I mean, that to me is, that's it's like retirement, but you get to do it now instead of later. You still have energy to run around and do all kinds of awesome things. And most of us, we'd look at somebody, and we look at somebody who, say, has that kind of money at a young age, and you say, oh, wow, they're able to retire. They're able to go and do what they want. That's so great. They can do that at this age. But Jesus tells a story, and when he does, It ends different than what most of us would do, where we would look and say, hey, that's absolutely awesome. Look, they did it. They made it. They've got enough money. They've got enough income from this, that, and the next thing to sit back and do whatever. But in Luke chapter 12, verse 16, Jesus tells a parable about a man who did just that. About a man who said his, his income was so big, so much crops came in, he said, you know what? I've got so much, my barns will not hold it. I'm going to rip down my barns. I'll build bigger barns, and I'm just going to take it easy. This is going to be great. This is going to be great. And that right there is a picture of most Americans' financial dream, is to get to that point, the point where I've got so much, I've got to contain it in all new, I've got to find ways to contain all this money. <laughs> my banks aren't big enough. This is awesome. And I'm just going to sit back. But Jesus answers as he looks at that and he says this. In verse 20 of Luke chapter 12, he says, But God said to him, this man who just accumulated all of this, who said, I'm going to build these bigger barns. I'm going to sit back and take life easy. Verse 20, he said this. You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up for themselves but is not rich towards God. If, underline this in your Bible. Verse 21, underline themselves. Underline themselves. If you think this is a teaching that then says that having things is bad, you're completely wrong. 
This person stored it up for themselves. We're talking tonight, we're going to be talking about saving. But I want you to understand this, that the idea is that everything that we have, we are to use. Our giftings, our times, our abilities, our talents, our positions, our relationships, everything that we have to further the kingdom of God, to build the kingdom of God. And that includes income, money, and wealth. It includes those things. And if we're building it up for ourselves, there is a problem. We need to be using it to further the kingdom of God. No matter how much or how little you have, our mindset needs to be, I manage this for God. God, what you want me to do with it, that's what I'm going to do with it. This house is yours, what am I doing with it? This car is yours, what do you... What do I need to be doing with this? Matthew 6, verse 19 says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Again, if you have your Bible, if you've got your little Bible app in there, I hope it's one you can highlight. But highlight the word yourself or yourselves in verse 19. Verse 20, But store up for yourselves treasures in earth where neither moth nor rust destroy and where the thieves do not break in and steal. Money is a tool, and we can use that to build the kingdom of God. And this is not about making you feel bad about having, I don't care how much you have in your retirement account or bank account, if you've got a lot of it, great. The question is this, what are you doing with it? Is it stored up for yourself, or are you like, God, how can I use this to further your kingdom? Where is good ground that I can plant some financial seeds in and see a harvest? Jesus told another parable. I really like this one. This one's really cool. He told a parable about a manager who worked for a very, very wealthy man. And the manager, well, the wealthy man found out that the manager was not doing his job well, that he was wasting money. And so he told the manager, he said, hey, give an account for the way that you've been managing my money because I'm going to fire you. So I want to know what's been going on. So he doesn't fire him right away. Don't understand that. But anyways... So this is what the guy does. The manager says, wait a second. I'm about to be fired. I'm about to lose my job. He says, I'm not, I'm not strong enough to go dig ditches. I'm not strong enough for manual labor. And I'm too proud to go beg. I'm too proud for some of these other jobs. I'm, I'm, I'm too proud to go work here and to do this. So what is it that I am supposed to do? And he thinks to himself and says, I know exactly what I'm going to do. So he he begins, he sits down and begins to call in different people that owe his boss money. And he calls him, he says, how much do you owe? And the guy says, I owe him like $80,000. He's like, all right, come here, give me the receipt. Write 40 on there. And the guy's like, really? He's like, yes, you only owe 40. <laughs> Sends the guy off, calls in somebody else, says, hey, how much do you owe? He's like, I owe 120. He's like, okay, make it 80. Sign that off and sends them off. And he does this with the people that owe his boss money. Now, he still gets fired. But, in the parable it says this, and his boss could not help. Well, let's just read it for ourselves right here. Luke 16, verse 18. The rich man had to admire the dishonest man for being so shrewd. No, it doesn't even say man, it says rascal. 
the little rascal. They're like, hey, wait a second, you little, you little rascal. What are you doing? You did what? Oh, I get what you're doing. I get what you're doing. Because he was so shrewd. And when, when I first read that, I'm like, what are they talking about? But verse 9 says this. Here's the lesson that we're supposed to learn from this. Use your worldly resources to benefit others, to make friends. Then when your earthly positions are gone, they will welcome you into eternal homes. We are to use what we have now to influence, to change, and to impact eternity. The man realized my position isn't going to last. Where I am isn't permanent. I'm going to prepare where I'm going next. That's what I'm going to do. He was a manager. You and I are managers. And he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use this to affect eternity. I'm going to use this to affect where I'm going to be going instead of just thinking about right now. I'm thinking of right now and then. I'm going to use it for both. And we need to have that mindset when it comes to money, when it comes to saving, when it comes to what it is that we are doing with our finances. It's what is it I'm going to do with this? How is it I'm going to handle this? And how is it going to affect the kingdom of God? How is this going to affect them? Money is a tool. No matter how much you have or how much you don't have, money is a tool. And you have to decide. If you're building it for yourself, if you're gathering it for yourself, Jesus says, you fool. But when we say, you know what, I am doing this, I'm going to use this to build the kingdom of God, that's something completely, completely different. Completely different. I was talking with a guy um, in preparation for a series on money, not this one particularly, but another one. And I was talking to him about finances, and he said, you know, he said, I have to check myself every single day. He says, every single day I have to check myself and say, God, what is it that you want me to do with everything that you have given me? He says, at this point in my life, he says, God has given me a lot. And I have to ask, I say, God, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? Where is it I'm supposed to be planting seeds? And then, God, if you want my Lamborghini, you can have it today. Just tell me. I thought, all right. And as I sat there, I thought, I don't do that. I don't have a whole lot, but I don't do that. I got this little thing, I thought, well, I wonder, I wonder if that's why God's blessing him so much. Because he was a big, he, 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 he was blessed. I also know he gave a lot of money away. A lot of it away, and I think, you know, that is, that is awesome. And I, and I left there thinking, I'm glad that people like him have lots of money. Because there's so much ministry and life change that happens as a result of that. Because I'm glad that people like him. I'm so glad. I'm think, and I, I left there thinking, I'm not doing that right now. I wonder if I would do that then. What would I do if I had the money, the income that this person had? Would I have that same attitude? I thought, I really hope that I would. But saving is something, let's dive into saving now. We had to cover the attitude about it beforehand because that is the most important side of it. But now we're going to talk about saving, which is something that is overlooked as a whole <laughs> by most of us. I like what it says here. In The Millionaire Next Door, it says this, is most people focus on income rather than accumulating wealth. 
However, a person making a high income who spends it all on their lifestyle isn't getting wealthy. They're just living well. Wealth is what is accumulated, not spent. We're going to get really practical here, and we're talking about saving. Proverbs 21.20 says this, The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Fools spend it all. And when it comes to, to saving money, um, kind of as, as a whole, we, we overestimate what we can do in the short term, and we underestimate what we can do in the long term. To prove that, to kind of make that point for you, in the Wall Street Journal last November, it said this, and I absolutely love statistics, so if you don't, there's only a few, but they're so good, you're just going to love it. It says this, adults under the age of 35 currently have a savings rate of negative 2%. Woo! 35 to 40 have a savings rate of 3%. 45 to 54 have a savings rate of 6%, and those who are 54 and above have a savings rate of 13%. That to me says that as a whole, we think I'll do it later. And we are definitely underestimating what we can do in the long term. What we can do in the long term. So what we did here, we just ran just a couple of numbers, I think relatively small, pretty small numbers. And the first one is this is if you were to take, well, $149 a month, it's a little less than $5 a day, okay, $5 a day. And if you were to invest that, that $5 a day, $149 a month, if you were to invest that from the time that you were 40 until you were 70, then we've got a little slide here, you would have invested $53,640. But if you were to average just an 8% rate of return, at 70, you would have $218,000 and some odd cents. However, if you do that same amount, that same $149, which is less than $5 a day, but instead of doing it from when you were 40, if you started when you were 30, again at 8%, when you hit 70, you would have invested $71,520, but you would have a half a million dollars to retire on from less than $5 a day. But say you're like, hey, I got lots of time. I'm really young. And you went from when you were 20 to when you were 70. And you said, all I'm going to do is just $5 a day. Well, actually, it's less than $5 a day, $149 a month. If you were to invest that and to average an 8% return on that, you would have over a million dollars at 70. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. That's not out of reach much at, at, at all. We overestimate what we can do in the long term. We think, I'll do this later. So here's the thing, is don't wait for your ship to come in. Start now. You say, oh, but it's so little. Start with whatever it is you have. Start right now. Proverbs 13, 11 says this. This honest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Proverbs 21, 5. So steady prodding brings prosperity, and hasty speculation brings poverty. So if you haven't started saving, if you don't have a savings account, you need one. You absolutely need one. I like what Dave Ramsey says on this one, $1,000 emergency fund. Start right there. 
get a, have an emergency fund. If something goes wrong, you're not like, ah, you're like, I got that covered. So much nicer to go, than ah, I mean, so, so much nicer. Right here, it's a noise, but in your life, it's like, Whoa! it's big. It makes a big difference. From there, when it comes to saving, we've already talked about the budget side of it, but from there, after a thousand, have three to six months of expenses. That if something catastrophic was to happen in your life, it would not destroy your life. That you're like, hey, three months, we're good. We, let, let's work this out. We've got time to recuperate, to get back. Let's cut everything else. And let, let, let's work our way back. Three to six months. After that, have work money. And this is what I mean by work money. Have money that you can put to work. Have money that when you're out hunting, on the golf course, out shopping, or whatever it is that you do, that that money is working for you and helping to get you money. You're put into work. You're in, you have money that you can invest. You can put in opportunities. You can use as a startup. You can use to invest in stock market. You can put it in stocks and bonds and mutual funds, however you want to do it. But have money that you can put to work. Have money that you can put to work. Because what God has given us, let's make sure that we are doing everything that we can with it. Jesus told another parable. It's the parable of the talents. You're probably familiar with it. And he gives different amounts to different people. And he comes back. The manager came back. And he said, hey, let me call you and everybody who's been taking care of this money that I gave you. And the first guy said, hey, you gave me this much and I gave you, I got you even more back. Here you go. And he says, sweet, thanks. Next guy comes and says, hey, you gave me this much, but I got even more back. Great. And so on. And then the final, finally the last guy comes in and he says, hey, I know you're a hard man. Here's exactly what you gave me. And the master said, what? If you, if you knew I was a hard man, why didn't you at least put it with a banker that they would return it with interest? Get out of here. Get out of here. I look at that and I think, you know what? I want to do everything I can with what God has given me. I'm not just going to sit on it and say, okay, God. I'm, I'm not just going to sit on it and say, I'm going to do absolutely nothing with this until you tell me what to do. I'm not going to do absolutely nothing with it until you tell me where to sow it. And I think it is wise to say, okay, God, I'm going to grow what you've given me. And when you tell me to plant this somewhere else, I'm doing it but I'm going to do my best to grow what it is that you have given me. So have money to work with. Have money that you can put to work. And then, and then use it, make sure you're saving for, for big things that you know are coming. If you see something coming down the road, you're like, hey, this car isn't going to last forever, then start to save for something. They don't. They wear out. Man, do they wear out fast. And as they wear, you say, you know what, this is, this is going to happen we know we're going to have a baby at some point. Don't know exactly. Then you, I'm not saying that about me. No, 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 no. But if you are like, hey, you know, we might, this, there's a possibility of this, then you might want to save for that. We're like, hey, th- we know this is coming here. Save for big things that you can see coming. Say, so, you know, I want to do this. And have a giving fund when it comes to, to saving. Have something where you can give and you can be intentional about it. Designated, hey, we want to bless somebody. We want to bless somebody. Deuteronomy 28, verse 8 says this. The Lord will send blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to do. The Lord your God will bless your hands and the land he has given you. He says he will bless your barns. When it talks about barns, it's your storehouse. 
It's where you are storing it. If you don't have a savings account, if you don't have money in the bank because we're spending all of it, then God's blessing cannot be on it. Let's have that there. See, God's blessing comes through channels. Anybody ever, ever seen a money tree? Nah. If you have, you're like, I ain't raising my hand. No way. No. See, God is not in the counterfeit business. When we pray, God, I need your provision, I need this, the way that God provides for us is not counterfeit. It's not fake money just suddenly appearing, whoa, where'd this come from? Whoa, serial numbers match. That's kind of weird. No, that's not how God provides. It comes through channels. It comes through channels. Proverbs 12, 24, diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in slave labor. Proverbs 14, 23, all hard work brings a profit. I believe with all my heart that God gives ideas and awesome ideas to people. He gives ideas. And when we, when we work to our very best and, and our ability and where we are and say, God, I want to do this to the best of my ability, then it allows God's blessing to come into that area and boss to see and say, hey, wait a second. I don't know what's going on here, but you, you to have favor in our businesses and, and where we work and the places of employment, that we have favor for sure. Absolutely. When one of my... Uh, when was I? In high school, I had a job installing carpet. And my boss, he said, you know, he says, not only do I get more done when you're here because you're, you're here to help, he goes, but since I hired you, he goes, I, my workload has gone up. And I looked at him, I said, I can tell you why. And he goes, why? I said, because of me. He goes, what do you mean because of you? I said, you're getting blessed because you're, you're blessing me. I said, and God knows that while I'm working for you, if he wants to get that blessing through me, all he has to do is just get us more jobs and I get more income because I get paid by the yard and every time we lay another yard, I get, an, I get more money. I said, you fire me and all that will go away. And he just laughed and giggled. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. He was a great friend. But I believe that with all of my heart. I said, I know why you're getting this. Said, you're on, you're, God's getting blessing to me through you. And I'm, you take your cut and I'm getting mine. I'm happy. This is what I agreed to. This is great. Let's, let's just keep working. Let's move on. But God allows, God, God works through channels. It's amazing. People come and say, hey, will you, can, will you pray for me? Yeah, I'd love to pray for you. What are we needing? We're needing some provisions. I said, all right, absolutely. And we pray with them and talk with them and say, hey, how's it been going? And, and what's happened? And try to follow up with some of these people. And I'll never forget the time that I'm talking with this guy. I said, how's it going? He said, ah, oh, it hasn't really, it hasn't come through yet. And uh, the spouse goes, yeah, it has. And he's like, no, it hasn't. And the spouse was like, yeah, we, <laughs> basically to make a long story short, she said, um, nah, he can, we, we got a notice from his work that he can take as much overtime as he wants, but he said he's standing in faith for God to meet this need and he isn't going to take that overtime. And I thought, ah, what are you doing? You, you've got an opportunity here. Don't go to the mailbox and wait for a check. He's already given you the ability to go and to get it right here. He's, he's given you the ability right here and now. There are many people who are waiting for something to fall into their lap. Husbands and wives included. They're like, I want to get married. God, just put her right here. No, the Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Get off the couch, put the video controller down, go work out and get out there. Get find somebody. Get a hobby where there are people that you can meet. And when it comes to our finances, we say, God, I would like your, God, bless I want your blessing in my life. I want to be able to have seed to give. I want to have money that I can give and to sow into people's lives. 
And let's take opportunities. Let's look for opportunities to get seed so that we can, to, get, to have our finances increased, to get more money so that we can then go and do that. He who works hard, Proverbs 28, 19, his land will have abundant food. I absolutely love that verse. He who works hard. He who works hard, not he who punches a clock and does the least amount that he can possibly, possibly do. You ever run into those people? I ran into a bunch of them one time, a bunch of them. We had uh, acquired the fighter with a whole bunch of teenagers over in Detroit. And restaurant-wise, and we couldn't find anything. We had a bunch of teenagers to feed. And finally, in uh, the building we were at, there was a food court in the lower part, and there's like three different restaurants. So we get down there, and we attack these restaurants. Us and a couple other youth groups all end up down there. So you, there's like Burger King here. There's Subway here, McDonald's here. I think there was maybe a Kentucky Fried Chicken in there somewhere, something like that. But every single one of these restaurants has at least 100 people in line waiting for these little counters to, to, to get food. And so we've got some students in this McDonald's line over here. And all of a sudden, I look over there, and they've got a hundred people in line. And I watch somebody reach up, and they've got these like little metal uh, gates, but it wasn't closed, little chain gates that would go down, kind of like our bookstore has. And this, this, uh, this lady reaches up, grabs it, pulls it down, and locks it, and says, we're done, everybody. It's closing time. And I'm like, oh. And I run over there. I said, hey. Is there any way, we're all really, is there any way that you could stay open for just a little bit longer? And she goes, she goes, oh no, time is up. I'm done. My shift is over. And I left there and I thought, maybe she has kids at home or something that she has to do. But I tell you this, she's not the owner. <laughs> she is definitely not the owner. I don't think she ever will be with that attitude. Something will have to change before she will be the owner, because that's, that's, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. But are we working hard to the very best of our ability, or are we doing just what it takes to get by? Colossians 3.23 says this, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. If you're saying, hey, I don't have the income even there to come in, it's start right where we are and say, God, I'm not waiting for more money to come in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to manage well what I have. I'm not waiting for a better job to work, to work harder, to work, to give all of my heart and energy to. But God, this is where I am right now, so I am going to do my very best right here, right where I am right now. I'm going to work to the very best of my ability doing this. If it's stacking shelves, stack, stocking shelves, stock shelves. Whatever it is, I'm going to do this to the very, very best of my ability. For sure, for sure. See, God, blessing is going to come through channels. He blesses what we put our hands to do. That even comes into effect when it comes to God's welfare system. See, 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says this, Even while we were with you, we gave you this rule. He who does not work shall not eat. That's kind of rough. Verse 11, he goes on and says, Yet we hear that some of you are living in laziness, refusing to work and, wa and wasting your time in gossiping. These are people that could work, but they are not. Verse 12, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we appeal to such people. We command them to quiet down, get to work, and earn their own living. We are supposed to do what it is that we are able to do and not sit around and say, God hasn't provided for me yet. I'm just sitting here. 
No, no, no. It is even there in God's welfare system. In fact, Leviticus 19.9 talks about how in the Old Testament they were supposed to take care of the poor. I want to read this to you. It says this. It says, when you reap... When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. As in, don't go back over it again and say, oh, we dropped this. Leave it there. Leave it there. Do not go over the vineyard a second time and pick the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord your God. Now, here's what it doesn't say. It didn't say, hey, go back over it a second time, but what you get the second time, go find somebody and give it to them. No, it didn't say hand anybody anything. Instead, it said, leave it for those. And this is exactly what would happen. You knew if you were poor and you couldn't, for whatever reason, that you could go to a field. And the edges, those were for you. And you would work. It it dignified the poor by allowing them to work. I don't own the field. I can't afford a field yet, but I can take care of my family. I'm going to gather seed. I'm going to gather this in. The grapes, the exact same thing. We're going to gather them in. God allowed there to be channels for people to get and to be blessed through. You see this, you see this over, this principle over and over and over and over in the Bible. That this is how it's done. That when we work, there is to be a reward for it. And that different levels of work are going to get different levels of reward. Just plain and simple. Somebody who's digging a ditch, if they screw up digging that ditch, what happens? Maybe a water pipe breaks. It's not that big of a deal. Maybe it's a little too deep in one spot and he has to fill in some dirt again. It's not a big deal, right? Brain surgeon. He gets inside your head. He screws up. Just a little flick of his wrist in the wrong spot. Consequences, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. That is a really, really, really big deal. He has to take it, she has to take it, whoever has to take it very seriously. And not only very seriously, but they need to be good at it. Really, really good. Or I'm not letting them anywhere near me, right? So we look and we see that one person is going to get paid more than another. The problem that they fix kind of determines how much they're going to get paid. This is, this is a, the problem you're fixing here. This is a big deal. It's hard to find somebody that can do this. So the level that we, when it comes to receiving, what I want you to leave with the idea of is this, that God's blessing comes through channels. And we need to position ourselves to solve problems, to right where we are, work to the very, very best of our ability that over and over in the Bible, it's work and then see a reward. Over and over and over. It's not this split everything idea. It is not a split everything idea. Well, what, if, what if we were? What if everybody was just to split everything? Wouldn't that make every, everybody happy and people so much better? The answer to that is a big honking no. Here's the reason why. Matthew 25, 14 Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them with his property. To one he gave five talents, we're revisiting again the parable of the talents, to another two talents and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Anytime that somebody has something that's more than they are able to handle, it gets misused. 
plain and simple. It gets misused. Consumer.com said this. It's reported that one in three lotto winners, one in three lotto winners are in serious financial trouble or bankrupt within five years. There's one particular story of William Budd and the post, William Budd Post. He won $16.2 million in Pennsylvania in 1988. He is on food stamps now and wishes it never would have happened. He says, I wish I never would have won the lottery. He says, I would have been much, much better off. Money does not solve all of our problems. Money does not solve all of your problems. You may have heard it said, all I want to do is prove that money cannot buy happiness. You may have heard somebody say, but it, it doesn't. It does not buy happiness. It doesn't solve your problems. It's how you deal with the money you have now is how you will deal with the money that you get. So let's make sure that we are handling everything that God has given us to the very best of our abilities. That we're being wise with it and see ourselves as managers. As managing something and remembering that we are to use worldly wealth to use it. Not to own it, not to hold it, not to covet it, not to say this is ours, but to use it. It is a tool that we are to use and we are to use it to affect eternity for those that are around us. That is the purpose. That is what is going to be. The shrewd manager said, I see where I'm going to be and I'm going to make it better there. I'm going to use what I have now because I realize I will not always be here. And that's true for every single one of us. Let's use, let's be wise stewards of what he's given us. Let's realize that blessing and increase comes through channels. It comes through channels, it comes through people, it comes through relationships, it comes through. We don't need to move on to the next best thing, but to begin to, to, to work right where we are, to give God our very best, to give our boss our very best, to give our employees the very best, right, our customers the very best, right where we are, right now. And watch God's hand come on that. He's not a counterfeiter. Let's use everything that we have to further the kingdom of God. Would you guys bow your heads and close your eyes? We're out of time. I want to make sure that before we leave tonight, every single person that can hear my voice knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're on your way to heaven. See, one day, every single one of us, we're going to die. It, it, it's going to come. But do you know right now, do you know what would happen if you were to die? Do you know where you would go? There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. Do you, do you, are you here and you're, you're wishing, you're like, you know, yeah, I hope it'd be nice. But understand this, the Bible says that if we confess in our hearts and believe, confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we will be saved. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're on your way to heaven. You can know that you are forgiven, that your sin, the shame from your past, it can be gone. And you can begin to experience the peace that only comes through a relationship with God. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. You can leave here tonight. Tonight, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to heaven, that your sins are forgiven and will begin to walk in that peace. 
So if that's you or if you say, yeah, there was a time that I was, I was living for God, but I've turned my back on him, I've walked away, and I'm so far, and I, I don't know how to get back. I don't know what to do. This is for you too. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive. The Bible says though, the righteous man falls seven times, he rises again, and maybe it's time for you to get back up. If you're either of those, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up high in the air, and I want to pray with you tonight. And you can leave here. Before you leave tonight, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're on your way to heaven. That your sin, the shame, all that is gone. It's, washed, it, it, it's gone. It's washed away. And you can begin to walk in the peace that comes only through relationship with him. If that's ready, if that's you, get ready to shoot your hand up when I say three. Not halfway, but all the way up. And say, God, that's me. I want to be forgiven. I want to be set free. I want to walk in that peace. One, two, three. Shoot it up now and say, that's me. I'm coming back. I'm coming to him right now. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Who else? There's another thank you. Anyone else? Don't wait another day. Make it tonight. Thank you. All right. Would you that lifted your hands, would you pray after me? Just repeat after me. And as you do, I want you to make these words your own. Everybody, let's just all pray this with them. Would you repeat after me? Say, Jesus... Forgive me and make me new. I want to be yours. I want to be forgiven. Thank you for setting me free. For sending your son to pay the price that I couldn't pay. Thank you that I'm free. In Jesus' name, Amen. For more information about ResLife, please visit our website at reslife.org. If you have questions about ResLife or would like directions to visit us, please feel free to call 616-534-4923.